Imagine if you were a government who governs a country of 350 million people, plus perhaps another 40 to 50 million more illegal aliens that are roaming the cities contrary to your laws. Obviously, you'd want to control as many aspects as possible about how the people who reside in that country live, because naturally, you as a tyrant believe that if you can control what people do, that the country would run smoother. You'd actually believe that if everyone were to listen and merely comply to your directives and vision for their lives, that most problems would be solved. So your ultimate goal is to get more control over that population and the choices that said population has. You'd want to get a better sense of where people are at, where they go, where they live, and how they spend their money. You definitely want to find any bad people and apply more controls to their decision making. However, you would begin to recognize that the bad people just won't do what you say. And not only are you realizing that defining people as bad is very subjective, but you'd also realize that to track the activities of those people, the ones you've accused or identified as being somehow bad, to do that you must track everyone. Now this may be a stretch, but let's say that you decide in your infinite wisdom that in order to control everyone, you'd metaphorically have to treat each person like a shepherd treats his sheep. You'd want a unique number assigned to each of them, and you'd want that unique number with them at all times. Now, if you were a shepherd, when you go to your shepherd's logbook, you'd search that sheep's tag number and you'd see its history. When you purchased it, when it got its shots, when it gave birth, when it was last sheared, if it had any health conditions, and, well, anything else you decided to track. There is definitely no way a government could affix a tag to the ears of humans as a shepherd would do to his flock of sheep. But there should be no doubt that they want to get the same result. But government will have to use another means of tagging individual citizens. And the way they will do that is with the numbers that are already assigned. Governmental tag numbers are going to have to be something that's generally issued to everyone. Maybe social security numbers? Or, well... Most people have driver's licenses, and they tend to carry those with them everywhere, including when they buy alcohol, go to the doctor's office, travel on aircraft, buy firearms. When they get pulled over, they have them, and they generally have them when they need to get most other government services. So logically, that's what government has to use. But the problem is that the federal government doesn't issue driver's licenses. And because of that slight problem, driver's licenses have traditionally varied from the data they hold and the formats they use. So what can the federal government do? Well, it can do what it always does. It can create another law. This time, it can create a law that defines what an ID card is. And then after that, it can get a majority of ignorant, idiotic congressmen and senators to support it by giving them financial incentives. And then it can call that package the Real ID Act. Welcome to the upcoming American Revolution podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the Real ID Act. We'll discuss how it moves us towards a more centralized and nationalized government, how it moves us away from the founding principles of checks and balances, how it attacks states' rights, how it will lead us into another civil revolution, and how it can all be avoided. Well, let's get into this. So, to start off with, let's say you're the federal government. 
You naturally believe that you are the most powerful government in the United States, and by extension, the most powerful government in the world, 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 world. You'd ignore the fact that the American people actually own the government, and you'd choose to ignore the fact that the government doesn't own the people. You'd believe that the government owns the Congress and the entire legislative branch of government. You'd believe that the government owns the Supreme Court, which is the most powerful court in the country and interprets the supreme law of the land. And you'd believe that as government, you own the presidency and the president, who is the chief executive of the government, not of the people. Yeah, if you're the U.S. government, you believe you're entitled to do what you want. You believe that you're entitled to ignore the wishes of individuals. You believe that no one can say anything to you because you're at the top of the governmental food chain. If you're the federal government, you'd want to believe that the federal government tells everyone what to do and how to do it. You ignore the fact that the United States is actually a republic and that the states and the American people themselves own the federal government. And you just disregard the fact that they have input into what occurs within this country. But since you as the federal government are ignoring limits placed upon you, you would want to know everyone that lives within the United States. You'd want to tax everyone because you believe that everyone must pay their fair share to you. Everything a king, a dictator, or a mafia boss wants from the people under him is what the United States government wants from the people who actually own the government. It's an inversion. Government would want to know what firearms everyone owes because government doesn't really like certain types of firearms that are in the hands of people other than government employees. Obviously. Government doesn't really accept and believe that the Second Amendment actually means shall not be infringed. If you're government, you'd want to know the medical conditions of everyone to ensure everyone complies with the health rules you just made up a few years ago under President Obama's Affordable Care Act. And perhaps you'd even want to know who's vaccinated for COVID-19 and who is not. After all, you just got finished threatening millions of people, made millions more lose their jobs, and you tried to coerce millions more to get vaccinated only to learn that you were not as powerful as you hoped. A majority of the population you want to control told you no, and then told you to fuck off, and you definitely didn't like that, and you could do nothing about it. But before you can control a population, you need to know who that population is composed of. You need to know everyone, and when you know everyone, only then can you start collecting their vital information. You'd then say that you need everyone to have a unique number assigned to them. You'd recognize that their name is not good enough for what you want to do. This is because it's common for people to have similar and even the exact same names. You need something more unique. You'd then suggest a combination of name and birth date. You'd soon recognize that this is not good enough either because someone would only have to memorize the name and birth date of someone else and government wouldn't be able to truly identify them. Next, you'd say, let's make everyone in the population use a social security number. That's a federal number, and every citizen has one assigned. Bada bing, bada boom. But unfortunately, that's been tried. Social security numbers have fallen victim to fraud for the last century, including by those 50 million illegal aliens that are living within your country who have never been issued a social security number, yet have social security cards. Social security cards themselves are easy to manufacture and copy. They aren't carried by people everywhere they go, and to top it all off, social security cards don't have photos on them. 
combining those factors alone, social security numbers are out. But let's just say, for shits and grins, that the U.S. government was intent on total control over the U.S. population. I know, it's hard to imagine that. We'll say that they want to raise taxes and get every dollar they think they're owed from the people who worked and actually earned the money. We'll say that the government wants to be able to identify everyone, or at least as many people as possible through the use of one singular, unique identifier searched in a singular network of databases. Government dreams that a single search can be done in moments, and that data would include legal records, medical records, location information, financial information, firearms owned, credit reporting, as well as social media accounts. They dream of that. Would it be hard to believe that that's what they want? Well, no. We all know that's what the government wants. Coincidentally, there is a country on the planet right now who does something similar. It's called the People's Republic of China. They track all of their citizens' movements, behaviors, and social media accounts. They then use that information to assign a social credit score to all its citizens. A low social credit score means you're a bad person, and you start to lose privileges as a bad citizen. I mean, we all know the U.S. government would turn down that kind of control and power over American citizens, right? Right? But let's just continue and say that the U.S. government has accepted that they can't snap their fingers and build a massive new database. I mean, remember what happened to the Affordable Care database and portal? It was a massive, embarrassing failure for multiple years. And a healthcare portal, presumably, is far fewer people. Without a doubt, a database of all Americans would be exponentially more difficult to build and maintain. For practical reasons such as money, and for legal reasons such as constitutionality. If you were the federal government, you'd have to either get people to voluntarily participate in your scheme, or you'd have to find a workaround to the constitutional right to privacy in the Fourth Amendment of the Bill of Rights. To get people to participate, you'd have to take a voluntary activity like driving that is run by the states, and then the federal government would have to get access to those individual databases and use that information to feed into your federal government databases. Basically, as a federal government, you don't collect data from the individuals because there are privacy protections. However, once the government has that information, there's no law against storing that data. Now, every state has a driver's license database, and those driver's license databases are the ultimate source of primary information for most citizens in the country. People want to drive, and to drive, legally, you need a driver's license. They are voluntary, they're considered to be a privilege, and they are by far the most common form of identification used in the United States. And that's why the federal government wants access to that information. The government has pushed the Real ID Act, and the purpose of this push was to make all of that state information available for the federal government to use as it sees fit. Imagine if you were a government. You'd want the ability to pull information and data from as many sources as possible to consolidate information from everywhere you can to help you know what any person is doing in your country. Every government, every king, every tyrant, every dictator wants the same ability. This is the goal of the U.S. government. If you were a government, your dream would be that you can search any name and you'd find the right person their address, their email address, their phone numbers, 
and their date of birth all in one simple location. You'd want to know as much information about the person you're looking up as possible. It sounds scary for sure, and you'd think a law named the Real ID Act had a purpose merely to make the job of identifying a person the goal. But exactly like every other law or act the government makes, the titles are hysterical. Imagine a name like the Patriot Act. It created Homeland Security Department and the Transportation Security Administration. It put federal TSA agents in control of security of nearly all airports in the country all at one time. Federal money was directed at cities to use the TSA. The Patriot Act grew the size of the federal government. But most importantly, it ultimately gives the federal government more power and control. It literally has nothing to do with patriotism, even though it's named the Patriot Act. Well, yeah, the Real ID Act is similar. It passed in 2005 and set to be enforced on May 7th of 2025. The Department of Homeland Security even has a countdown page on its website for the enforcement date. The Real ID Act started out as one of the 9-11 Commission's recommendations. It gives more power to the federal government and has nothing to do with mere identification. That's not its ultimate purpose. Its actual purpose is to bypass an individual's Fourth Amendment right to privacy. Getting a Real ID Act compliant ID card means that you've given up some of your privacy to the federal government. That data has all the same fields to populate a common database that the feds want to build. Not for the states, but for the federal government. Such a database also makes it easier for federal tracking programs such as criminal databases, driver's databases, passport databases, FBI and general logging databases to paint a picture of what an individual is doing and how he's living his individual life. Not only does Real ID provide your primary information, but it also collects biometric data in the form of high quality photos for facial recognition. And remember the fingerprints you had to provide to get your new driver's license? Those fingerprints are now in a high fidelity digital format. In order to get Real ID compliant driver's license, you gave up your fingerprints. But why does all this matter? It matters because of the federal government's goal for the future. It ultimately desires the ability to look up a person, get all the basic information, but also to see a list of dates, places, and activities that person participated in. The federal government hopes to expand the use of your identification card into as many areas as possible. Just think of all the areas you use your ID card Imagine if a federal government had access to each time you used your driver's license. Is that privacy or is that a lack of privacy? And to help increase the use of Real ID cards, the government seeks to make it more convenient by adding machine reading ability on the back. Real ID cards have a barcode which can be scanned by anyone to pull that information off the card and populate their database. This will make it easier and more seamless for governments and corporations to build their databases and track you on behalf of the federal government. How does this help the government, you ask? Well, in the case they get a subpoena for a company to provide that database access to the federal government, if that were to happen, then the federal government can seize that private information faster, and since it was collected under Real ID, it should be presumed that those incidents, events, or sales are accurate. Imagine if you operate a gun store in California, or New York, or New Jersey, doesn't matter. But let's say the government gets a crazy judge to force you to turn over your store records to the federal government. When the federal government gets a copy of your database on a hard drive, 
They will know everything about the people who purchase firearms. And that's just an example. Obviously, the ATF already has that information. But imagine if you weren't dealing with firearms. The legal private citizens have just had their right to privacy violated, even though they've done nothing wrong. Obviously, the United States government is a federal government. The federal government was created by the individual states for a specific purpose. This purpose was written out in the preamble to the Constitution where it says quite clearly, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. You'll note that nowhere in that preamble does it say anything about centralizing government. But this is what the federal government wants because the government does not care about more perfect union. It doesn't care about justice, domestic tranquility, common defense, or to secure liberty. Federal governments want nothing more than to centralize power into themselves. That is what all governments want. You've never heard of a government that wants to be smaller and leave people alone. They always want more power and more control over the lives of those subjugated under that government. No matter what form a government starts out in, they all want to become nationalized, where all the rules and real power stems from one central source to everyone else. That is always true. It is natural that any limits placed upon a government will be limits that government strives to exceed. But how will this federal temptation to seize power affect the states? Well, traditionally, the states and the federal government have had to collaborate and share information between each other as partners. The Real ID Act will ensure that the federal government will not need to cooperate with the states. They will benefit while the states will lose their ability to check and balance the federal government's power. The inherent check and balance between the two is quite clear when you read the Tenth Amendment of the Bill of Rights that clearly states the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. This means that the federal government only has the power delegated to it by the Constitution. Ask yourself, where does the Constitution give the federal government the power to bypass the privacy rights of the Fourth Amendment? It absolutely does not. And if it weren't for checks and balances of federalism, the federal government would ignore the powers of the states, counties, cities, or any other government. They would dictate from Washington everything from speed limits to real estate rental rates to tax rates to fuel prices and so on and so on. It would do so because a national government doesn't care that products or services can be different in different places. It doesn't care that different communities have different goals. National governments strive to treat everyone exactly the same, and as such, it would treat every state exactly the same. It would demand that they had the exact same rules and the exact same laws. All this is another way of saying it would turn our federal republic into a national republic. And that's exactly why the federal government pushed for the Real ID Act. It wants to be a national government. It wants to dictate rules from the federal government to everyone. That's its true nature. So without Real ID, each state had its own separate driver's license database that works differently from other states. But the federal government 
couldn't have a single database that ran all the information from all the other states because they were all different templates and different formats. All the data was incompatible. It was like running Apple products on a Windows PC, or like a real, actual white supremacist teaching black history, or a black supremacist teaching American history. Something is going to be hilariously lost in translation. So what do you do if you're a nationalist government and you believe all state governments who issue ID cards are subservient to yourself and should meet your standards so that all of their data can be used by you? You have forced them into a singular language. In fact, not only is the Real ID Act counter to American liberty, it's counter to the Bill of Rights itself. The federal government's dream of building a system of databases is to observe, snoop, and follow Americans, and it moves us away from our founding principles. The Fourth Amendment addresses each individual's right to privacy, and tracking of individuals via an identification card when they've done nothing wrong is obviously a violation of the individual's right to privacy. Let's wipe that all away and say you're the federal government. You'd naturally believe that to have an efficient government, that you'd need to have control over every variable possible. You'd want to be able to track how they spend, how they travel, and how they buy. To improve your taxing system to allow you to collect every dollar possible, you'd need to know exactly who everyone is and where they spend their money and where they bank at. You'd have to figure out how to treat each person as a numbered cattle like a farmer does. You'd realize that you don't have the wherewithal or the power to create such a powerful database because every state uses different types of databases with different fields, different field information, and because of that, you can't collect and thus exploit all that database information. You realize that you won't be able to import different states' driver's licensing information, their tax information, their traveling information into a singular database that you can type a name into and get a comprehensive report from. But obviously, if you're an over-controlling tyrant who thinks that you deserve to know what everyone in your country is doing in as close as real time as possible, you'll want every individual to use one form of ID for everything they do. When they hop on a plane, when they get a speeding ticket, when they buy alcohol, when they buy a firearm, when they use a credit card, you'll want everything they do to be tied to that one ID that if you need, you can go pull up one query and see everything that this individual has done. That's the dream of every totalitarian. If the Soviet Union could have done it, they would have done it. If the Nazis had computers, they would have done it. And in fact, the Nazis did do it with paper. They knew who the Jewish were, they knew where they traveled, they knew where their bank accounts were, and unfortunately, they didn't use IDs, they used patches and tattoos to tag the Jews. In today's world, the Chinese are furthest down that road. They have a literal social credit system. They know who's doing what, buying what, going into neighboring provinces. China is there. They know your phone's location. They even know when you post to social media. They are the epitome of communist tyranny. But it's not only the Chinese. The Scandinavian states are moving to a cashless society where government can access expenditures of citizens when it deems it necessary. Norway has declared itself effectively cashless with less than 9% of all financial transactions using cash. Every tyrannical government wants this. They dream of having the ability to track, audit, and seize the money of anyone whom they disfavor. 
In Canada, micro-tyrant Justin Trudeau's government even seized money of Canadians who chose to protest the Canadian government during a truckers' protest. Trudeau, who looks like a young Fidel Castro, whom coincidentally his mom actually knew, literally used Canadian banks to lock the individual accounts of those protesting against him and his government's tyrannical actions. But the U.S. government wants those very same abilities as the Canadians and the Chinese. As an example, the U.S. government queried banks and credit companies about people who spent money to travel to Washington, D.C. for the January 6th protests that they declared as an insurrection. They couldn't do what Trudeau and Canada did because of that pesky little Fourth and Fifth Amendment. But even still, they wrapped some people who didn't even enter the Capitol up into investigations. The U.S. government dreams of 90% of Americans using digital currency. That would give them much more control of how presumably free Americans are spending their money. The U.S. Federal Reserve is even currently working on a digital currency that would replace the dollar and be backed not by the free market, but by, yes, the federal government. At any point, the federal government can seize digital currency of those whom it chooses. This is the equivalent, if you've been paying attention, this is what the federal government currently does with regular dollars when it partners with local law enforcement agencies to do the very same thing with civil asset forfeiture. Does anyone think a U.S. government with digital currency wouldn't do so with digital dollars? Most disturbingly, is knowing that the U.S. government desires the ability to be able to do what the Chinese government is doing to the Chinese people. The U.S. government would love to have access to the financial transactions of Americans, and it definitely would love to know who was saying what on social media so it could target those it declares guilty of spreading misinformation or disinformation. First Amendment right to free speech be damned. It would love to have records when Americans traveled from one state to the next, and no doubt, it would love the ability to suspend bank accounts of those protesting government. The Real ID Act is one more reason, amongst a litany of other reasons, why there will be an upcoming civil revolution. What it does is it displays to the American people who presumably own the federal government that the federal government doesn't believe it is accountable to the very people who own it. The American people see that their government is exceeding its mandate, and every year, more and more Americans learn to distrust the federal government. Unfortunately, the federal government is on a collision course with the American people, and just like every other government in human history, it must necessarily fall. Nothing lasts forever, and the United States federal government won't be the first. But if we observe the bigger picture, how can all of this be avoided? It can be avoided merely by maintaining checks and balances checks and balances within the federal government between the legislative, executive, and judicial branches are great. However, there is another system of checks and balances that must be protected, and that is between the federal government and the states. Regarding the Real ID Act, states should begin to rebuild the balance in their relationships with the federal government. How should they do this, you ask? Easy. They need to start reclaiming their power as per the Tenth Amendment. And when that comes to the Real ID Act, the states can and they should do two things. The first thing is they should give their citizens the option of a state-issued non-Real ID form of identification or driver's license. Individuals should be given the opportunity to opt out of Real ID. They would have to use their passports 
or some other form of ID if they need to do things like board aircraft, but it would be their choice. The second and most important action the states should take to rebalance their 10th Amendment control is they should reclaim their power over their federal government by requiring the federal government to legally request information regarding citizens of their states. They should withhold information and database access from federal agencies until a specific request is made. As the federal government becomes more aggressive about attacking or collecting information on residents of certain states, those states must begin to limit federal access to that information. So what does all this mean to the average citizen? Mostly it means that the states are collecting that information of citizens living within that particular state, and the federal government is getting access to the information that the states are supposed to maintain and protect. It means that the federal government has found a way to bypass the Bill of Rights to access the information of American citizens, even though the Constitution does not grant them that right to do so. With all of this, we see that the Real ID Act does indeed have a purpose, and that purpose is to help the federal government. There will be zero benefits to anyone else. It won't help cities, it won't help states, and it won't help any single American. It will only result in the loss of liberty and the loss of privacy for the American population. But the federal government? It will come out more powerful, and a more powerful federal government leads to a government more aggressive about infringing on rights. And as more and more rights get infringed upon, the odds of the citizenry fighting against their tyranny becomes necessary, until a sparking event initiates a civil conflict. It's happened as long as there have been governments, the Greeks, the Romans, the French, the British, and every other government, and if they were lucky, their government failed but their country survived. And the U.S. federal government will end in a similar fashion. And the Real ID Act signals yet another step towards that tyranny. Well, that is it for this episode. Thank you for stopping by the upcoming American Revolution podcast. As always, it has been a blast. You can always stop by the upcoming American Revolution podcast webpage. You can buy a t-shirt from our Teespring store. If you have anything you ever want me to discuss, I'm always up for a challenge. This is Kali. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.